0: to the Matt Mosley
1: Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's Matt Mosley, Cam Stewart, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Mack Rhodes now joining us. And Mac, that was a uh, nice road win over TCU last night. I feel like uh, road wins are uh, more precious than ever right now, so it almost counts as two is what it kind of feels like to me when you're able to go on the road and get one of those.
0: Uh, I wish they did that kind of math in the standings, but unfortunately <laughs>
1: unfortunately
0: they oh. So but um yeah, as uh as you said it, right? Anytime you can go go on the road in, in this uh in this league in the Big Twelve Conference and uh get out of there with a with a win. It's uh, quite an achievement and certainly against your your rival, you know, and um thought we were, you know, really good last night, you know. I think I was a little bit worried, Um, you know, just coming off the, the Houston game. And, you know, um, I think the second half of the Houston game, we only played, you know, six players and, you know, Langston wasn't able to, to, to play against Houston and then, you know, played again without Langston, you know, last night. So, but defensively I thought we were pretty good to hold them to, you know, 33% and, you know, Jalen Bridges came out and I thought, you know he um, he was really good um, in terms of his leadership and making early shots and um, you know Jacoby loved him getting on the floor you know scrapping um, so it was a it was a uh, it was a really really good win
1: yeah and boy that UH atmosphere uh, against U of H that was really something the other day that second half first half wasn't so great second half the the crowd the explosions on that deep three from bridges um, that had to be kind of what you envisioned. two top-ranked teams going at it didn't go the Bears way but uh, I, I just feel like there were a lot of positives that came out of that what did you make of just that whole scene with uh, Houston coming in and, and the way the crowd sounded and the presentation and everything
0: uh, you know i i thought the, the the second half when you know we we really gave our our fans something to cheer about um i think it's what we all envisioned when we thought about you know foster pavilion and a home court advantage it it got loud you know any anytime you see the opposing team having to call out offense you know on a grease board and um and uh you know uh lifting it in in the air so that the the, the, the players can see it, you know, it's, you know, it's really, really loud. And, uh, so our fans were phenomenal. I thought, you know, they, uh, they were a big part of the, of the second half comeback. You know, personally, I was, I was really proud of our team because, um, you know, I, I didn't think we matched their physicality or their toughness in the, uh, in the first half, but, um, came out and, uh, in the second half and, and absolutely matched it. And, uh, you know, um, uh, felt like first half, they got every 50, 50 ball. And I felt like, you know, in the second half, you know, um, those started to come our way. And again, we matched toughness and, and, uh, and aggressiveness and, uh, and fought our way back in. And so it was really, really proud of them. And, um, you know tough way to lose in in overtime but I think that's a game that you know serves you well uh, particularly when you when you head into March
2: And Mac I kind of wanted to bring up one of the the hot button topics of this week that being the, the storming the court storming the field would love to get your take on on how that should be done, whether it should be done, and just a hypothetical at you: if Baylor wasn't just as good a program as Kansas has been the last couple of years, and they beat the Jayhawks on Saturday, and the fans wanted to storm the court, would that be allowed? And would there be a system in place so that it is safe for everyone involved?
0: Yeah, we we do have a system in place. Um, Henry Howard and and Drew Pittman, you know, uh, two of our gentlemen that leave. That you know uh, lead our facilities area and game management, event management. Will Lattimore, uh, as well, that, that really handles all of the pavilion. Um, we have a system in place. Um, you know we're we're prepared. Uh, if you you look toward the end of the uh, Houston game, I thought you know we were really in good position and 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 well prepared. You know, I would I don't know I would hate for Fort storming to go away I, I think it's you know um, it's a, it can be a special moment and in uh, a, a special place in, in college basketball for you know for the, particularly for the for the students um, I think we've got to find a better way to, to do it though um, you know we've got to find a way uh, working with students working with fans where it can't be immediate. You know there needs to be some lag time, um, and and so so that the uh, the opposing team, you know, all of the opposing team can leave safely, and uh, and you know, and, and every you know every school should be mandated to to have a a plan in place and a and a pathway, a designated pathway that you know they know, this is this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna take the team you know, everybody from the opposing team and, and get them off the court, you know, um, immediately following, swiftly following the, the game. So um, I would I would hate for it to, uh, to, to leave together.
2: And, Mac, that is refreshing to hear, not only that, that that's something that you would like to stick around, but that you do believe there should be some lag to storm in the court because we've had a great run in athletics the last 10 or 12 years here, and I think the last time we stormed the field it was a little bit early, so good to hear that we're going to do a lag next time.
0: Yeah, I think if I remember right, that might have been the home game against Oklahoma, and yeah. uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think we called a timeout right at the right at the end or something. And so, yeah, yeah, we I would a, say it's not we the facility
2: a, people's fault on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it was not. It was not. So, um, yeah. yeah, I do remember that one. So we'll <laughs> I, we'll have to clean that one up as well.
1: I'm with Billis. I'd like to see more arrests on the court. I'd like to see (laughs) people
0: tackled. Yeah, I bet you will. More
1: Um. more citations, that kind of thing. Um, Mac, what is the NIL space? Seems like there's been a lot of momentum. How's football looking in particular? I mean, I I think I've heard numbers that, boy, y'all might be looking to even kind of double what it's been what what's it looking like and then what do you as you do long term with nil because you don't know exactly what it's going to look like even two years or a year from now how do you kind of do the now and also plan for the later when it comes to, to nil
0: yeah you know i i think you know we've certainly ramped up you know our our uh our name image and likeness efforts you know gxg you know our collective um has been responsible for that, for ramping uh, uh, ramping it up and and uh, and and getting you know donors, fans, people to contribute. You know we'll more than double. Um, you know next year we'll more than double than than what we did this year in terms of football specifically. Uh, you know there's there's a lot of fluidity as as you know that's happening in the name image likeness space. You know uh, a lot of talk about you know hey it it could come in house meaning you know is there is there a need for collectives anymore um there's you know what happened you know just recently the temporary restraining order in in the state of Tennessee and you know basically saying hey you can you can use name image and likeness deals uh at least right now in in that eastern district of Tennessee to to induce you know student athletes to to you know, come to come to that institution. You know, for us right right now, um, in the state of Texas, Texas state law does not allow that. Obviously, the NCAA rules don't don't allow that. Um, you know, i I think we I think we need to get to a time and place where you can uh, show a student athlete, you know, what what his or her name, image, and likeness deal is going to be. Had this conversation earlier with with Chad Jackson or compliance person, you know, uh, when you have an equivalency sports student athlete, um, you know, a full scholarship is a full scholarship, but when you have an equivalency sports student athlete, they get a, a specific percentage and you're able to share what that percentage is. And then they go and say, well, how does this percentage and, and, you know, the cost tuition here compared to, you know, school, school X and the percentage they're giving me there. And so, um, but you know, like like everything right now, um, it's evolving, and you know where it where it finally lands. Um, I think we're gonna have some clarity, you know, hopefully within the within the 12 months. And then for us, right, um, you know, how we do it, how we handle it, um, you know, how do we how do we you know cast a wider net? How do we you know, bring, you know, more people um, or how does GXG bring more people to the to the table um, so that, you know, most of the money, you know, that that's going to to the collective is new money rather than money that's being redirected. And, uh, you know, right now, I think, you know, not not only for Baylor, but just across the country, I would say that it's a higher percentage. The collectives, it's a higher percentage of of monies that are are being redirected, that they were going to go somewhere else, and now are going going there, um, which you know cannibalizes some some other areas. And so, we've got to figure out how we how we uh, you know uh, cast a wider net. And um, you know we have plans and 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 uh, and strategy to to do that. But um, before you do that, we're we're hoping to get a little more more clarity where this thing where this thing ends up.
2: And, Max, sticking with football a little bit, obviously a lot of shakeup in the last week or two in terms of coaches out the door, coaches coming in. And you had said it during the season this year. You know, you were having talks with, with Coach Aranda about how the offense should look. It's obviously going to be a new look this year with Jake Spavadol at the helm. And then a Mason Miller hire last week. And all signs in terms of what Coach Spavadol has talked about and the hiring of Miller point to a much more up-tempo, quick, High octane offense that we as Baylor fans saw quite a bit about a decade ago to to the tune of great success. So is that the way that this team is is moving towards, and is that the right recipe for winning in in today's Big Twelve?
0: You know, I, I I think you know again you know the the offense is is heading in that in that direction. I I think you know I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be you know up tempo you know, the, the entire game. Um, and I'm not saying it, it won't, uh, there certainly could, it, it could be. And I think it's going to be, you know, dependent upon who your, who your opponent is and, and, and all of that. But, um, you know, I think, you know, you're going to, you're going to see see an offense that's really creative and, you know, throws the ball around. Um, I, I think you'll see an offense that still knows and, and, and needs to, to, to run the ball and, you know, Jake it grew up in that in that system, knows it well. He's put his own spin on it. You know, he he went into into Cal, and I believe they were ranked in in the low 100s, and you know, moved them up to 40 in total offense. And so, you know, he's got a great handle on uh, on on you know on offense. And I think I think where Jake's really good is taking a look at you know his his skill set and and maximizing you know that that skill set in terms of you know who's who's on the field and um you know Mason Miller um you know had an opportunity to meet with him loved him uh I think he's a he's a he's a ball coach I think he coaches young men hard but um but loves them up as as well and you know obviously spent time with coach Leach uh um the um, you know deceased coach Leach that 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 we all miss miss him and his personality, but spent time with him at, at Mississippi State, and you know the the other two you know coaching uh, openings I can't speak to them because uh, mm-hmm. we're still going through the process, but I I think you know Dave's gonna round round out um, you know those those other two with uh, uh, two exceptional coaches as well, so I really really feel good work where we're headed in terms of uh, replacing the three that left.
1: I thought that Kapilovic was a bad move. Uh, I mean, I understand going to Alabama, but still it left a bad taste in my mouth because he'd been on campus two months. He's been recruiting these guys. We saw him the other day with the O-line. It, it, are you kind of understanding, or did you have my same – my gut you know, was like, eh, I kind of understand the Christian Robinson situation because of everything. But the Kapilovic, Once you commit to something, and you sign a contract, and you commit to recruiting these kids, I feel like you should dig in and and stay. What was uh, what was your gut feeling on that when you uh, when when you saw his decision?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we, we we you always want what's best for for people and their families, but that one that one, you know, quite frankly, rubbed me the wrong way, and um, you know, felt like. You know this. He, he's he. And let me say this. He he's a really good person. He's a he's a heck of a football coach. Um, and you know, but you know, with that Michigan State. Didn't have a job. We gave him an opportunity. Um, I thought you know uh, the contract that he signed was was very fair. He was highly compensated. And uh, you know, for for him to leave after you know uh, a couple months or less. And uh, you know who who it's really hard on our are, our are kids, are our student athletes. And um, and you know when Dave had to tell them that you know they were going to you know yet you know have another you know coach that that uh, the one that they were just starting to get to know and and really buy in with is is now leaving them. You know they they feel like the the rug's been pulled out from under them, and so hated it for hated it for them. Um, but I do think that, you know, sometimes, you know, things work out and are, are a blessing. And, um, I think, I think Mason Miller's a heck of an offensive line coach. And I, I think he's going to be really great with, uh, with those young men. I think he's going to earn their tr- trust pretty, pretty quickly. But, um, uh, yeah, that one, that one didn't, didn't sit well with me.
1: All right. And, uh, real quick, uh, the, uh, this tennis thing, we just had Michael Woodson on, What a cool thing that will be out there. Um, And we're about to make way for women's basketball here in a second. But, boy, I think that could be quite a scene. Number one comes to town, and that's kind of a neat part of Baylor is that that tennis program, that men's tennis program, has become pretty remarkable over the last 20 years or so. Uh, How cool is that when you get to see almost kind of these one-offs like that?
0: No, I'm I'm excited about it, and – you know, uh, Michael Woodson has, you know, been a been an assistant, you know, under our two previous head coaches, and you know, finally the opportunity to to be the, the, the head coach and has done a great job with the program. And it, what a what an awesome, you know, what an awesome opportunity, you know, on uh, on Wednesday against you know number one Ohio State, and you know, our team is is starting to really come together. Had a big win against SC, and uh, so look forward to that. And uh, and again, Michael, um, Michael is never anyone that you have to say speed up. There's there's a couple <laughs> times yesterday. Hey, uh, let's not take that corner quite as fast. But uh, <laughs> that's what that's what makes makes great coaches, and certainly certainly appreciate him.
1: All right. Well, we we would like to keep going, Mac. I, I sure do appreciate it. Uh, I want to ask you at some point about those CFP models. You know, we got it to twelve, right? And now it's like, well, let's do fourteen or let's do sixteen. It's it's very interesting. And boy, you're at a lot of these meetings and all of that. So the next time we do this, let's dig in. Let's dig into that because wouldn't it be nice, Mac, to kind of see how twelve looks before we immediately try to go to fourteen or sixteen?
0: Yeah, I mean I'll I'll speak, you know, from my, you know, probably big twelve Baylor hat rather than my, yeah. my CFD hat. And um uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, look, if it's if it's uh fourteen, not a not a significant change maybe, you know, you're gonna add a couple uh potentially, you know, home games. Uh I just you know, I I wonder just how T V partners, you know, would would feel about about the sixteen. I think you know, out. You know, um, you know. At least in in our world, um, you know, the 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 economy. It's a it's a. You know, I I think TV partners right now are being really really careful. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. So, um, but uh, I'm certainly excited and, and honored to be part of it. So, and now we uh, we need our women's basketball team to get a to get a win on the road at Cincy.
1: Let's get after it. It'll start at five o'clock. Mac, thank you for doing this. Always fun.
0: All right. Appreciate you both. You take care.
1: Okay, Mac Rhodes, there he goes. Women's basketball coming up